you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back again. Buck, how we doing, man? Good. Schedule release is done. Everyone knows exactly what we're doing. Uh, so I'm excited about it. I think it's always that anticipation of um, schedule release, how it's going to play out. No one is necessarily happy with this schedule. And <laughs> I, I mean, no one. Everyone complains about the road games. I don't know why, why they have us doing this and that. But the fun part of it is now that we know. So now we can begin to kind of map out a plan, see which games we want to get to and pay attention to, and kind of speculate who's who's going to be, which teams are going to be some of the top teams in the league this year. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take us through week one. I thought like everybody tries to go through the whole season. We, we don't know what's yeah. going to happen during the year. We don't know who's going to be hurt. We don't know what these teams are going to look like. So to talk about matchups in December, I think is kind of a waste of time. But I do think what we can do is, hey, we're in the in the off season here. We look at week one. So I thought we would kind of just go through the week one matchups. They're not playing any games between now and then. Um, maybe what we're looking forward to most in these individual games. It'll allow us to hit on all mm-hmm. these teams um, and, and kind of what we're looking forward to. But before we do that, as a uh, uh, as a player, Buck, when the schedule came out, what were your uh, what were you looking for right away when you looked at that thing? Well, first thing is when is the bye week? When is the break in the season? So you got to look at uh, when that is because that maps out some of your preparation. Okay, how long is this marathon? At the beginning, do we have it right in the middle where it's a nice even split in the season? Or do you have to go? Because I think some teams are taking the bye week in week 13, which is crazy to me. Long time to grind before you get a break and before you can have an opportunity to reset. Uh, Also look for the primetime games because the primetime games typically let you know when you have a weird week or weird set of circumstances in a two or three week period. Three games in 12 days, maybe a Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. How did you schedule? have to change. And for me, DJ, the, the, the last thing that I look for, uh, who do we play down the stretch? No matter what we talk about, no matter what we'll talk about the beginning and how you open the year, it always comes down to that last stretch run. Who do we have the last month, month and a half of the season? Because that's when we make the run to get hot to get into the postseason. Um, those games matter. The league has done a really good job of putting division games there, but it's not always a handful of division games. So how is the table set for us to finish strong to have a little momentum going into the postseason? Yeah, see, that's interesting how you look at it. And I, I look when as a scout, and I know you, you probably guys probably did the same thing. We always had our winter meetings, uh, our December meetings on the road. So we would take all the, the area scouts and we would all meet up at, you know, we'd have our meetings the three days before the game. Then we'd go watch our team play. And you're always hoping that in December you had some warm weather city in there somewhere. You're looking for, a, you know, maybe the Dolphins, yes. you're looking for the Chargers, you know, <laughs> Bay Area, something like this. Let's warm up a little bit. Um, so that was one of the things I looked at when I was on the player personnel side. Then uh, on the broadcasting side, doing these Charger games for the last five years, when the schedule comes out, I'm looking for 
okay, we got some cold weather teams. When do we play them? How cold is it going to be? Uh, then I'm looking to dodge, uh, you know, having to work on Christmas or Thanksgiving. So you're looking at holidays then making sure like birthdays, different things like that. You're covered. Fuck, I came mm-hmm. out clean. I've never had a year uh, in the last 20 years being involved in, in, in the NFL where I've had a cleaner schedule. Like it's, I mean, couldn't have come out any better. I mean, I got a little, a little cold in Green Bay, maybe. Uh, I think that is, uh, that's like November nineteenth, and then there's December third at New England, which are cold. That's gonna be cold, but it's not like you know, mm-hmm. end of December cold. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Everyone is looking towards that because DJ, after spending uh, last year on the sideline. Yeah, I pay closer attention to, hey, Wendy, cold weather games? Uh, not a lot of fun. Not a lot of fun. But I, look, I got tricked last year. Did you come out okay? Yeah, I mean, I'm okay, but, like, I don't want to get tricked like I got tricked last year. Last year we played Philadelphia, like, the second or third week of the season, and it was a monsoon. It rained the entire game. I mean, when I say the entire game, from the time that we finished warm-ups until the time the final sound, I mean, it was rain, just a steady sideways rain that you couldn't avoid. So, I'm better equipped this year, but I'm not looking forward to uh, some inclement weather conditions. Hey, Shaq, James Shaq Harris, never let the weather, Don't let weather beat you. Yeah, I, mean, I learned. I yeah. learned. I learned quickly, but man, whew, yeah, different hustle. No, that's, that's fantastic. All right, let's jump into these games here. Uh, this is not going to be a long one today, but I thought this would just be kind of a fun exercise. Let's start with the kickoff game Thursday night. I was surprised by this, man. The Chiefs obviously going to be hosting that one, but the Lions are their opponents. So we go Lions-Chiefs. What what can we learn in that one? What uh, what will you be keeping an eye on in that one? So to me, this is a uh, measuring stick game for the Detroit Lions. This is an opportunity for them to see how far they've come as a team uh, as it relates to being a legitimate contender for the postseason and maybe more. The Kansas City Chiefs, defending champs, all the speed, athleticism, all the stuff that they bring, they operate at a high level. So now if you're the Lions, you get a chance to kind of see how you stack against a team that's been, what, three Super Bowls in the last four years and they've won two? I mean, this is the ultimate thing. If you're Dan Campbell, you're excited about this because this gives you a chance to watch your team. Then you have an extended week to assess and fix the issues to get ready to play down the stretch. If you're the Lions, I don't know if you could ask for a better opening game matchup. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, it's one of those ones when you first hear it, you're like, wait, what? And then when you start digging in and thinking about it, you're like, ah, this is kind of intriguing. I would say on the other side of it, Kansas City, they're going to have a new right tackle, new left tackle. So Juwan Taylor, who you know well, Donovan Smith mm-hmm. uh, is coming over from Tampa. Like those two guys, how do they look against a young, talented front that uh, Detroit's going to throw at you with Aiden Hutchinson and company? So that's what I'm keeping an eye on with the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, look, that's going to be a problem. And the thing for the Chiefs, they – you know, like people are going to talk about the Lions, but until you face them, man, you don't understand the level of physicality that they bring. They do not play like uh, your normal Detroit Lions team. They are a team that is as physical as they come. And when you get them uh, to play at their best, man, they can run it out. But what they also have to deal with, Kansas City Chiefs, they got to deal with this, I said, new and improved offense. You're dropping Jameer Gibbs in. You're going to drop Sam Laporta in to an offense that already was kind of cranking it out. Now Jerry Goff is going to be crazy comfortable. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, uh, it's going to be a fun one. I think that's a sneaky good game here to get the NFL season kicked off 
on a Thursday night. We've got, uh, let's jump into these other ones and we'll roll through them. Panthers, Falcons, what are you looking forward to in that matchup? I mean, it's Bryce Young's debut. So I want to see what Bryce Young does. Uh, we can sit and speculate. Andy Dalton may start. Maybe they'll hold him. Man, you don't take a quarterback number one overall to pick him on, to park him on the bench. And so how does Frank Wright get his young quarterback going? How do they change the way that they play? to ensure that he is protected while also being aggressive enough to stretch the field. All eyes are on Bryce Young in this one. Like, we just want to see is the size, is the height factor. It, what are the issues? Are there any issues? And did we get it right when we said he's number one player in this draft? Yeah, just seeing what he looks like on an NFL field, you know, uh, that's going to be interesting from from that side of things with the Carolina Panthers and how they construct that offense around his skill set. Uh, I'm looking at the Falcons, and I'm going BKD. I'm going BKD here, buddy, mm-hmm. because I want to see what Bijan, Kyle, and Drake look like. Like this is kind <laughs> of a, it's got a chance to be a fun little trio uh, there with Atlanta with those guys, young, athletic, you know, explosive, rangy guys. Like to me, that's going to be a, a fun mix there with the young skill that they have in Atlanta. Yeah, young skill, and they can do a bunch of different things. Uh, look, quarterback is still. TBD in terms of will Desmond Ritter be the long-term solution for this team? We'll see. But the young weapons that they're putting around him, they will grow and continue to grow. But, man, by the time maybe you drop in, I just man, I just love I just love what they have. So I'm, I'm excited about watching them play. All right, let's go to the next one. Texans at Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson playing in Todd Munkin's offense. To me, that's just the headliner. Todd Munkin uh, – said, yeah, Lamar will run it, but he didn't act like this is going to be Greg Roman's version of Lamar Jackson running. Said he didn't want to rob him of his superpowers, but they're going to push the ball down the field. Now, I I have my reservations about the Ravens adopting this style. I don't know if it brings them closer. I think it may make them more mainstream, which everyone will have fun with that, but I don't know if it makes them a a more dangerous team. Yeah, I, I think when you look on the other side of it, I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty obvious. We've talked so much about this draft with Houston, you know, getting a chance to see C.J. Stroud make his debut against a defense that can give you a lot of looks, not not going to be easy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's kind of some irony, right, with C.J. Stroud finishing up his college career with the one kind of roadblock he had was who? Michigan, coached by Jim Harbaugh. Couldn't get over that hurdle. Who does he start his NFL career with? John Harbaugh across the field yep. like some irony there here see if he can kind of get over that Harbaugh hump so to speak and then to see Will Anderson uh, in, in the first glimpse of seeing him on an NFL field that's a that's a tough challenge you talk about that's not a stationary quarterback you're trying to hunt down there in Lamar Jackson so it'll be fun yeah. to watch those two rookies and I'll say also Odell Beckham for the Ravens uh, Derek Stingley year two with the Texans that's a fun little matchup as well yes yeah, personal matchup talking about two LSU guys being able to go uh, added. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, you know, you mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. He's kind of the linchpin to how explosive this offense can be. If he can just reemerge as a guy that commands a double team, it opens up the field for everybody else. Uh, I, I'm fascinated to watch how this team gets down. It, it, love the personnel, love the pieces. No doubt. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. Let's go big AFC North matchup. Uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Uh, it would be easy. I'm going to go with the Browns, and I'm going to talk about the return of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I know he played last year, but this will be really the return to action for Deshaun Watson. How good does he look now that he hopefully has resolved all of his issues and then he can focus on playing the game? 
last time we saw him before uh, the pandemic, he was, I mean, he was awesome. I mean, he was well over hundred. He was throwing it all over the yard. He was talking about being a top five player. So now we have an opportunity to see him back in that light. I just want to see how he looks. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I'm going to go Orlando Brown making his debut there with the Bengals. Uh, see if he can kind of solidify that offensive line. Gave him a big chunk of money. Uh, goes from protecting Patrick Mahomes to now protecting Joe Burrow. So I'm also curious, just to, me, to be honest, like this Joe Burrow, is there even another level this dude can get to? He's been unbelievable. But let's see um, as he gets more you know, comfortable mm-hmm. and more knowledgeable in this system. Uh, you know, I, I have a sneaky feeling, Buck, that he's not there yet. I feel like he's even got more uh, that he can attain. Oh, he got more levels. He has more oh, levels yeah. for sure. He, he talked the way he talks about it, the way he frames it. He hasn't even figured out that part of it. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. All right, your Jags taking on the Colts on the road. So when I think about the Jags, I think about them having to line up against Anthony Richardson and all that he can do in this offense. You have a full training camp to get Anthony Richardson going. So how does Mike Caldwell come up with a plan to defend a quarterback that look, we can speculate about what he can do, but we haven't necessarily seen without his without our own eyes. And so with with the Jags needing to contain can this defense slow down Jonathan Taylor, Anthony Richardson with his legs, or do they have to sell out to stop the run and create opportunities in the passing game? It's just kind of like a little measuring stick. See, see where these teams are at. More importantly, see if the Jags can take care of business against the team that they should be. Can they beat them? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with just pure physicality. Like the Colts, when they were doing well in this division, you know, along with Tennessee, were kind of the bullies. And Jacksonville with, with Trent Baalke and, and, and Coach Peterson have come in there and tried to build their own style, their own bully, physicality that they've gone mm-hmm. out and gone after. And you've got a Colts offensive line, didn't play good last year. What do they look like this year? That's a good physical test, I think, for both those teams. Yeah, good physical test for both teams. You know, um, Jags are certainly weaker in, in the middle. So can the, the Colts attack them, go right at them, make it a very physical affair and see if they can stand up to it? All right, let's go Bucks at Vikings. You know, this is interesting. So to me, my eyes will be on Brian Flores. I want to see if he can quickly fix the Vikings defense without significant upgrades. Uh, can they change from being a bend but don't break? But we're going to come after you. We're going to be smart with our zone dogs and those things. Um, he has a lot of, like, stuff. He has a lot of stuff, a lot of tools to be able to kind of help them get over the top. But what can he do? to kind of make sure he complements this offense because Kirk Cousins, those guys are going to score points. If he can close the gap a little bit on his division rivals, his division, uh, his conference mates, then they'll have an opportunity to maybe backdoor into the playoffs and maybe get a good seat. Yeah, I'm going to go Baker Mayfield with the Bucs. I mean, when you have um, your former head coach and Bruce Arians come out (laughs) and say that he thought that he was better than any of the quarterbacks in this draft, I know Bruce is still in the building. I know he's not coaching the team, but – Golly, I mean, I don't know that Baker's had anybody believe in him like that. Um, no. So, you know, going back to when he first showed up in Cleveland and actually played pretty well early on. So, you know, sometimes with a quarterback, you get somebody that believes in you, you get an organization that believes in you, and he's got good dudes to throw to, even though, you know, Mike Evans is a little bit older with him and Godwin. They've got dudes. So um, I'm curious to see what Baker Mayfield looks like if he's got a new a new chapter here that he can maybe, uh, you know, claim that position and hold on to it for a little bit. So that's what I'm keeping an eye on there. If we keep it rolling, let's go Titans at Saints. Uh, Titans at Saints, Derek Carr's debut. How comfortable is he? Where does he stack amongst all the NFC South quarterbacks? If it looks like it's going to be an easy one for him, 
Hey, man, let's get them up. Let's get them out. Let's figure out how to swap it out. But to me, this is Derek Carr showing to who that nation, I am legit. I'm worth what they traded for, and I'm going to show up and show out. Yeah, gave him, uh, you know, gave him a nice little chunk of money there. So we'll, uh, you know, see what Derek Carr looks like. Flip it over to Tennessee. I, I want to see kind of what some of these offensive pieces look like coming together. I mean, that was a little bit surprising when they gave Andre Dillard as much money as they did. Um, wasn't starting, you know, I've been a little disappointing there mm-hmm. in Philly, but he's going to plug into the left tackle spot. They bring, bring in Skaronsky. I haven't seen yet if they've said where they're going to line him up. Um, and our lads has no, him lined up as the, as the left guard at this point in time. We'll see what that looks like. I would imagine uh, right tackle would be in the mix for him uh, as well. So uh, we'll see how that offensive line works together. Some new pieces. I think that'll be interesting. I know a lot of eyes will be on Will Levis and uh, wondering how long before he can take that thing over from Ryan Tannehill. But that'll be uh, that'll be an intriguing matchup there. Uh, when we look at the Titans and the Saints. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll uh, just whip right through the rest of these uh, week one matchups right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, Buck, let's uh, let's keep it moving here. Let's go 49ers at the Steelers. That's a sneaky good game, man. Todd, isn't it sneaky about that one? That's a great game. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to test uh, whoever the quarterback is test their ability to throw against a, a, a sticky zone. They're going to come out. They're going to sit out, stop the run. They're going to put the onus on the pressure to make them make plays. And so, look, it's, it's tough because I was always a, a, a guy who thought that you could kind of ease into the season, figure it out. Nah, the way these matchups are, you got to hit the ground running. If not, you're going to be 0-1. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers have tried to rebuild their front. I mean, you go out and you draft Broderick Jones. You sign Isaac Smallo. They went out. They also brought in Nate Herbig to compete along that offensive line. You get the best blocking tight end in the NFL draft in Darnell Washington. Like, they want to get back to being physical with a big physical back in Najee Harris. Well, mm-hmm. hello, here come the 49ers, and they've just added Javon Hargrave and thrown him into the middle of their group there along that defensive front. So, a test. Like, that's a great test for Pittsburgh. Uh, for this new look offensive line, trying to protect Kenny Pickett, get something going on the ground, um, and you know Mike Tomlin, he he's going to embrace the physic physicality, this whole thing, and having that opponent week one, that's going to be a great test for the Steelers. So they'll be at home against the Niners. That should be a fun one. Uh, all right, but Cardinals at Commanders. Uh, Sam Howell's debut with the Commanders. Ron Rivera has really gone all in on the young quarterback, and it's part of a trend where we're seeing more young quarterbacks get opportunities because you. If you pay them, still at 25 or something, but you get an opportunity to continue to build your team. So Sam Howell gives the Carolina Panthers an opportunity to hold on to his thing, set them up for the future with uh, them being able to allocate a certain small number to him and continue to add pieces to a defense that looks like it's ready to go. They just need, need more guys. Stir it up. Yeah, you got Manuel Forbes there. Ron Rivera trying to make this commander's defense into what he had during the good years yes. in Carolina. So to be able mm-hmm. to see this front come together, hopefully you get a, a healthy a healthy group up front, which they have not had. So 
if they can be healthy, Chase Young get rolling back to what he was as a rookie. Um, we'll see yes. what that group looks like. And then the Cardinals, Buckets, it's a team that's not very talented. I know they brought in a lot of rookies in this class. Um, they're all armed with picks in the future. Going into next year, um, you know, there's been talk, oh, this is going to be a race to the bottom. This team could have the first overall pick. I'm curious to see. Um, the expectations couldn't be any lower for this group especially with when you consider Kyler Murray coming back off injury. Who knows when he's going to be up and running, ready to go. In some ways, it's probably good to be the Cardinals because I don't know there's a team with, with any uh, lower expectations around in the entire league. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you talk about the Cardinals not getting enough respect, but they still have NFL players in their jersey. And so if it takes them getting on the right page, they certainly can pull it off. But what is the right page? Is it a little bit of what uh, they've done previously with Kyler Murray? Is it some of what they've done with the other quarterbacks that have been on the roster, like what is it that they do? That's the part that I want to know because when when you talk to uh, guys around the league about these team and this team, it's like, you know, not as much talent. So it's going to be effort and all that other stuff. So can they get it done that way? All right, Buck, next one here. We've got the Packers at the Bears. Obviously, the quarterbacks are interesting here with Jordan Love mm-hmm. uh, going to take on Justin Fields. Two, two organizations that have put their faith in young guys here. Yeah, so when you think about this, one, having been on the Packers side of the rivalry, this is a bitter rivalry. This is one that is always personal. And if you think about the Bears, they've gotten their nemesis out of the division in Aaron Rodgers. So now Jordan Love has to come over and maybe pay pay for the sins of the father. So he has to pay for the sins of Aaron Rodgers. And with Jordan Love, what I want to see is, can this offense morph into more of a ball control unit that makes the game easy for him? More run game, more play action, more big personnel to allow him to work the middle of the field. Uh, Jordan Love, to his credit, has said all the right things in pressers. Been very, very quiet, very deprecating and all those things. But now I want to see if he can turn up. If he has to say something, does he have it in him to say something and, and, and get this team going? Or will he just kind of figure it out and play more as the game manager who allows all the other players to do all the heavy lifting when it comes to the workload? Yeah, and I look at this Chicago Bears offense. It's been completely remade. Um, DJ Moore is going to be a big piece for them, a, a legit number one receiver. You got a new tackle in Darnell Wright, new guard in Nate Davis. They, they've added some pieces in here. You look at their backfield, bring over Deontay Foreman. They draft Roshan Johnson to go along with Khalil Herbert. There's just a lot of new pieces. Tyler Scott, they drafted in the fourth round, young player who can really run. Um, this offense has to be better. They have to be much better passing the football. Uh, a lot of that's going to be on Justin, but I do like the fact they've got new pieces in front of him. A big time weapon on the outside. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's see what Justin Fields, this new look offense with the Bears, uh, looks like against a Packers defense. It's got some really nice pieces. So uh, that'll be a fun one there. Let's go to the, the debut here of uh, Sean Payton. You've got new coach and Sean Payton teaming up with yeah. Russell Wilson at home against new quarterback for the Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo, who's back with Josh McDaniel. So that seems to be the headliner storyline in this one. Yeah, that is a headliner, but I think you bring out something that maybe most people haven't talked about. Sean Payton's experience could be a huge uh, impact in in terms of his ability to get this team off the mat. He's been there. He's taken a franchise from nothing and made them something. Won a Super Bowl, lost it. Talked about what he learned along the way. Well, this is an opportunity for him to do it with maybe even a better squad than he inherited. Um, We think about all of the things that they want to do offensively. Jerry Judy coming back. You have Sutton. You, You have Javante Williams who has to come back. But now you have the play caller, play designer who really knows how to attack while also being aware of score, situation, and all those other things. This team is going to improve because they've improved on the sideline with Sean Payton. 
Yeah, and I look on the other side with the Raiders, and they're going to have to win up front defensively. You know, they draft Tyree Wilson, throw him in there with Max Crosby, who's been unbelievable. He Chandler Jones to have a little bit of a bounce back year, but the the, the corner group that scares me, especially in that division. I I think you could see in this game. Like this, we could be talking after this game, like you just said about Russell Wilson being like, "Hey, wait, mm-hmm. we, we a little premature putting dirt on his grave." Like I, I could see Russell Wilson coming out there with Sean Payton in his debut and lighting up uh, this Vegas secondary. So uh, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. And I think on the other side of it with Jimmy, like you'll see them be efficient. It's gonna look, it's gonna look a lot like the New England offense used to look. And I think Jimmy's a better fit with with Josh McDaniels. Now, I, so I'm okay with the offense. Even Waller's gone. I think that they'll they'll, mm-hmm. they'll figure it out. They'll be efficient. Maybe not dynamic, but efficient offensively. Fuck, I'd be scared to death uh, looking at that Raiders secondary against those Broncos receivers. That they gonna get torched in that one. Man, yeah, like you want to back up, keep the ball in front because this could be. You talk about the, the an impressive uh, coming out party. Sean Payton's gonna be in his bag, and we've seen when he's in his bag, man, he can bust the clock on anybody. This is an interesting pairing. Uh, in terms of Russell Wilton joining up with this guy, his 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 idols guy, Drew Brees' guy, and Sean Payton. Uh, all right, Dolphins Chargers. I'll lead up on this one here uh, on the Chargers side of things. I want to say this defense, especially against the run. You know, are they better? They had a bunch of D tackles got hurt last year. They get those guys back healthy. Um, offensively, they're going to be fine. They get Rashawn Slater back. They're going to be dynamic with Herbert. You, you, you throw in Quentin Johnson. Hopefully, you keep your wideouts healthy. Uh, but to me, in this one, watching this game against the Miami Dolphins and their track team that they're going to roll out there, um, I want to see this defensive front. How do they do? Can they get after the quarterback? Can they win? Can they dominate with their front? Because there's a lot of money in Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and company. <laughs> and let's see what it looks like. Yeah, now we're going to see what it looks like. So you talk about that. I'm talking about the other side. The Miami Dolphins have speed to burn. They have a world-class uh, 4 by one 100 relay team. They can give it to anybody. They can blitz around the track. And so how do you take um, that and get success on the field? Well, one of the ways you can do it is put the ball in the hands of your best playmakers. So Tyreek Hill's heavy, heavy workload, Jalen Waddle. Uh, you think about what they're able to do in running back. They're going to continue to give these guys the ball over and over and over again. And at some point, they're going to crack. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it, they're they're a big play waiting to happen. So, and we'll see. Obviously, what Tua looks like. Hopefully, he's out there ready to go, and we see Herbert and Tua and have some fun with that battle. Uh, Eagles at the Patriots. Um, this is Mac Jones getting a chance uh, with a new old voice in Bill O'Brien in his ear. It did not work last year. The collection of defensive coaches and special teams coaches <laughs> trying to run the offense for the Patriots was no bueno. Uh, so Mac Jones, we'll see a little more stability around him. I, he was incredibly frustrated. He was unable to hide it last year. Um, I, I think he can't help but be better uh, with what he's got around him and who's in his ear. We'll see how this this offense comes together. They can run the football with Ramondre Stevenson. That's been the you know the way to kind of attack this Eagles group. You're not going to try and drop back and throw it a million times against that front. So um, what do they look like offensively uh, with Bill O'Brien? I think is what I'm looking for on the Patriots side of things. You know, when, when I look at it, um, I'm, I'm thinking about the Patriots. I'm thinking about Billy O. I'm thinking about how he can organize this offense to have more success. Uh, the problem that you have is when you look at the Eagles, they also are undergoing some transition. So you may see some stuff that you didn't see on tape last year when you were breaking them down. So how quickly can you adapt and adjust to the new version of the Eagles? And look, this version is already really, really good at the point of attack. They can get after you last year to head. Uh, 70 sacks um, during the regular season. 
they will hunt. They will, man, you gotta, gotta be get your big boy pads ready because they legit. Yeah, that's gonna be it'll be a line of scrimmage game 100% there. That's the Eagles, the Patriots. All right, we got three games left. Uh, this one with a Rams team that is again. I don't know that I can remember a year where there was lower expectations on them. I think they've only got two primetime games. They're going to open up on the road against the Seattle Seahawks, a divisional game there, Rams-Seahawks. I mean, this is one where it's everything, like the rivalry. Just you think about those teams and how they played each other, the success that they've had. And so what I want to see from the Seahawks, I want to see them take care of business. I want to see them hit the Niners in the mouth and see if they stand up. And if he stands up, then you want to go right back and go back to work because – it it is one of these situations where Pete Carroll has an opportunity to really win forever, to really put a vice grip on this division if he does it the right way. And I'm just looking at it, it's just getting everyone on the same page, getting everyone to work, and everyone to put their personal agendas aside. If they do that, man, this t- this team, this team could be lights out. Yeah, I, I think that the uh, the Rams are kind of situated where they could find themselves in shootouts this year. Uh, I don't have a ton of confidence defensively. There's a lot of guys that have very limited resumes mm-hmm. that they're going to line on to play key roles. So defensively, I think they'll get better as the year goes along, but I think early in the season they're going to be dependent on their offense. The good news is when you go through and look at their roster, they, they still have blue players. Cooper Cup is a blue player. Oh, for sure. Uh, Matthew Stafford, when healthy, is a blue player. Cam Akers, when he's right, is a very talented player. Van Jefferson's a solid NFL receiver. Like they've got Higby's a solid tight end who can give you some run after catch. They still have guys offensively, and you've got an elite play caller, play designer. So, uh, you know, offensive line's okay, good, not great. Uh, but I think they're going to score points. My thing is, I think you're looking at track meets uh, with yeah. the Rams. That's what I'm looking yeah, you- for. Yeah, you are. And I think the thing about the Rams, they're going to track me. They need to make sure that their defense can hold up in those games, meaning they have a plan for, hey, you can get as much as you want in between the 20s. Here, field shrinks, makes it tighter, more bodies, more people around. So it, it, it's, it's one of these things where you're looking at the Rams and you understand where they need to get to. You understand how they may get there. But I, I, I still think, man, it's, it's just hard to ignore all the different stuff that the Hawks are going to bring to the table in this one. All right, last two. Cowboys, Giants. I'll start off on this one from the Giants' standpoint. They paid Daniel Jones. We'll see if they can get Saquon Barkley done. They've added a lot of speed offensively with something they were really missing last year. Um, you've got a, a left tackle who's really turned into a really good player. You've got a right tackle and Evan Neal coming off a little bit of a rough year. Um, how's this group come together? Can this offense hold their own here because defensively they got some really good pieces uh, i like where they are on that side of the ball offensively can they be more explosive i think they've added the pieces i actually think you're going to see a better group here offensively for the giants oh absolutely they look they're a much faster team more explosive team when you have a fast explosive team you should get more points uh i mean look th- this is a league that is really predicated on the past the problem that i have is now that we paid daniel jones do we have to validate him to everybody else. Do we have to say, no, this is our guy. He did do all this. Or does he just come in and start playing? Um, I think that's probably the best way to do. Like, just let's come in. Let's hit the ground running. Let's see what it is. Um, let's see if we can get Daniel Jones up and going. Brian Dayball, let's expand the playbook. Mike Kafka, let's find a way to see if we can give it to him a little more. Because even with Saquon Barkley likely to turn on the tag, this offense has to eventually be a Daniel Jones offense, not a Saquon Barkley offense. Yeah, no doubt. With the Dallas Cowboys, with uh, 
Dak hopefully having a bounce back year for them. Um, that'll be something you're keeping your eye on here. Some new pieces on that side of the ball. It looks weird offensively when you look in the backfield and, and see where they are right now. Um, not seeing Zeke Elliott in that in that backfield for the first time in a long time. Um, that's going to be a little different. Tony Pollard, we'll see if he get his touches, see what kind of role they can get for Deuce Vaughn, which is a fun story. Uh, defensively, Ad Mozzie Smith's going to help their defense against the run, and you know they're going to be able to get after the passer uh, when you have Demarcus Lawrence, when you have a, a big-time dude, Micah Parsons. They're going to be able to rush the passer. So uh, to me, it's just about Dak and whether or not he can have a bounce back. It'd be a nice... It'd be a nice mm-hmm. way to, to reintroduce his his level of play uh, to where it was on a national stage on a Sunday night game uh, against the Giants on the road. All right, last one, the Monday nighter. It's the Aaron Rodgers debut, and it's not an easy one for the Jets. They welcome the Buffalo Bills. It's not an easy one in either regard. If they win, everyone is going to anoint them as the best team in the AFC. Look what Aaron Rodgers was able to do. If they lose, it's a typical loss in New York. This would be important for Aaron Rodgers throughout training camp to make everybody keep everything in perspective. Not how he starts, how he finish. And so just kind of have to work on that stuff. We have to work on all those things to get them ready. But the G- New York just look terrific on paper. They look terrific on film. But that third, well, I mean, it's just, we'll see, man. We'll see if the Jets can live up to the hype. I like, I like the personnel. It's just a matter of how quickly can this team gel with Aaron Rodgers being the leader. He's done everything that you can ask a quarterback to do. I'm sure the Packers would have liked him to do that uh, the last few seasons. But he's been there. He's been engaged. And when we talked to Connor McGovern the other day on TA, he just talked about, man, he's been a perfect leader. So we'll see what kind of impact that has on the bottom line. Well, I'm going to go to the other side of it and say Von Miller, uh, you know, Buffalo, get him back. What does he look like? That's a key piece for them. He's a closer for them uh, on that defensive side of the ball. And I'm also anxious to see Dalton Kincaid and how he functions in this offense. We'll see more 12 personnel. They have not been a 12 personnel team, have not been a two tight end team. I think they will be uh, when you have Knox out there. Now you get Kincaid in the mix. Uh, does that take some of the pressure off Stephon Diggs. That'll be something to keep an eye on there with Buffalo. I feel like they're kind of under the radar right now. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs riding high, coming off the Super Bowl. We have all the Rodgers buzz. The Jags are coming with with Trevor Lawrence. You still have people talking about, obviously, with Herbert. Burrow is right there. The Bengals and the Chiefs has been kind of viewed as that's the that's the you no know, that's the matchup going to get out of the AFC. And all of a sudden now it's like, hey, what about the Bills? We forgot about the Bills. It's still a good group. So uh, interesting, interesting game there on the Monday night or Bills Jets. Um, all right, Buck, this was fun. We went through the week one games. Anything you want to add before we get out of here? We want to remind everybody, by the way, we're going to take next week off. Um, we'll be back the following week with two episodes, but hang tight. We're not going away for long. We're just going to take one week off. But anything else you want to get into before we get out of here? No, nah, just just a little breaky break. Just a little break to reset. Make sure we get there. No, nah, but the, the schedule being released, everyone getting ready for those games. Can't wait to see how it plays out. Yeah, no, it should be fun. Um, all right. Hope you guys have enjoyed this one. A quick uh, trip through week one, the slate of games, what we're looking forward to the most. Um, we will catch you next time. Again, a week from now. Get yourself a little break. We're going to take a little break. We'll get you back here a week from now. Two episodes, two new episodes coming your way on Move the Six. We'll see you then. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 